All right, so we're doing a little summer series of just a few. <laughs> you can have my seat if you want. You can sit over there. They're protesting tables for whatever reason. We don't know. <laughs> All right, so a little summer series we are doing on a few questions, big questions of life. Um, and the world is full of deception. The world you guys are growing up in has a lot of information and a lot of things. So we're going to do a few different questions. One, how do I choose a friend? That's one question that we're going to go over. Um, these are kind of coming up in some of the, the scriptures that we're going to talk about. What should I get involved with? Ooh, I'm fading my marker. What should I get involved with? So in other words, there will be choices in your life. Who do you hang out with? What are you doing when you hang out? And how do I tell good from bad things? How do I tell? How do I know in this life, with the world full of all sorts of information, and a lot of things at your fingertips, you can look online and look up millions and millions of things, okay? There's almost no limit. You guys have more access to things in your generation than any other generation before. You guys, if you want to pick a song out, okay, you can look that one particular song up online and find all the information about it, find out the words, get the music, and do it all while you're standing right there. That was not true even when I grew up. Okay? It wasn't available. You had to go find a record, okay? Or a tape. Or a CD, which all those things are old now. And then you still didn't have the words to things. You had to really search things out. So with all that extra information available to you, whether or not you have a phone or not, those things are out there and available to you. How do you filter through the millions and millions of things and come out with good things versus bad things? That means you need really, really good judgment. How do you get that? How do you know the right people? Okay, people online create images of themselves. And I don't mean physical pictures, although that they do as well, but they create an image of who they are. This happens from adults that take photos of all their perfectly made meals and home and all that sort of stuff, and that's what they put online. They don't post photos of the argument they just had with their child, okay? They don't post that. They post all the perfect things and how nice it is and how wonderful it is to be them. That's an image they're creating. So how much of that is truth? Some, right? Unless if they faked the meal that they just took a picture of. I guess some of that is true. But you need to have enough discernment, enough understanding 
to be wiser than all of that stuff that's out there and get a real picture of who you want to be, who other people really are, and how you do that. And that's how do you pick friends? How do you get involved with certain things? What is it that you want? What about good and bad? Through social media, through the internet, through all the things that you do, how do I filter it out and pick out the good things? And that's what we're going to talk about in this series, okay? This short series to finish up the summertime. I don't want to say finish up because it's not over yet, but we've got... Uh, a few weeks, we're going to talk about different parts of this. Making you wise, giving you wisdom in this life to filter and pick out things. Because now, you have access to everything, but that's the problem. You have access to everything. It's a good thing and a bad thing. You could do great with it, and you can go down the tubes fast. All up to your choices, what you do, what you make. All right, so we're going to turn to Psalm this week. We have a Psalm we're going to look at, but we have other things. This is a topical study, it's not going to just be one book. There's going to be other scriptures we're going to be looking at over the next few weeks to answer these questions. All right, Psalm chapter number one, the very first Psalm. David writes this psalm, and it is an excellent psalm because it lays out people, pathways, okay, choices. In the very beginning, how do you pick out what you're going to do? And we're going to start with the very first thing that in the, in the very first verse of the first chapter of the book of Psalms, let's read that, please. Number one. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the Okay, so there are two lifestyles in there. Did you catch it? Two lifestyles. What are the two lifestyles? <laughs> You're all like, no, no, I see three. No, I'm saying there's two in there. <laughs> there are two lifestyles. Okay, so, and, and specifically, the blessed guy, okay, the guy that's blessed, and then the rest of them, okay? And the rest of them are specifically laid out, three different categories that are laid out there, but the guy, first he says, is the guy that's blessed. And what is that? It's a trendy thing sometimes people like to put it on the shirt. And that's fine, right? I'm blessed. What does that mean? If you want to say old English, right? I'm blessed. It's even more holy, right? You say it that way. Right? <laughs> so what does it mean? You're in God's favor. Okay, that's a good way to put it. You're in God's favor. I like that. God's favor. And if you're in God's favor, what does that make you? Besides blessing. Okay, what does it make you? Christian. A Christian, okay. A believer, a person. Uh, how does it make you feel? Happy. Happy. All 
right? And that is a word that is often exchanged for blessed, happy, although happy is not a complete understanding of it. Even in the sermon we just heard, you're not happy all the time when you know God. It's not necessarily that everything's going to be a big land of bubbles and rainbows or whatever in your life, right? If you may have some hard things in your life. But, but, you understand something larger, something bigger. When you choose to be on the Lord's side, there's a different way you live. Okay, and that's one side of this first verse. Now, we had three ways on the other side. Put a big slash over here, backwards slash. What were the three ways? The ungodly. Okay, you have ungodly. Standeth in the way of sinners. Sinners. Scornful. See you to the scornful. All right, so you have a sit, walk, stand, right? It's physical things you do. You choose to do those things. You take your muscles physically and you sit down, okay? And you say, this is where I'm staying. Or you stand up and you say, when you say I stand for something, what does that mean? You like, I agree with it. You agree with it, right? I'm going with this. This is, I'm on their side, okay? And, or you walk, which means you're accomplishing something, going somewhere. Now, if you are walking in the council, walk in the council of the ungodly, what does that mean? If you're walking in their council, to take advice from. I'm taking advice from ungodly people. That seemed like a good thing to do? No, it's dumb, okay? Just saying that, right? Don't do that, right? People that don't care about God in their life will not put you in a good place. If you choose to be with them, you choose to take advice from them, and you choose to walk in their direction, and I mean follow the things that they say, that means you're physically saying, no, I'm listening to that, and I'm going to do it, right? If you do that, you will not end up in a good place. That is opposite of the guy who is happy in God's favor. Okay? I'm walking away from God. And if you're listening to that, this is the part of starting to have discernment. Discernment means the ability to pick between good and bad. That's good, that's bad. Okay? This is good for me, that's bad for me. Discernment is wisdom in life. That's what you need a lot of, is wisdom to be able to choose. And so, the ungodly counsel, if you do that, you will end up crashing down. No good. All right? What are you doing with sinners? Well, standing in the way. Standing. Now, you can stand in the way of somebody moving, and that's not what that really means. I'm standing in the way of sinners. I'm not standing in their way, but I'm standing in the same way that they're doing it. See how that's like a little bit of, I stand with those people. What they do, I want you to know that I'm with them on that. Okay? That is a, a choice in your mind. You make that choice. Just like you made a choice to listen to somebody's counsel, 
this is this cause I'm standing up for them and I'm gonna I'm gonna say that's the right thing to do I agree with them there are many many causes out there many many trends out there that you are taught about or it is put in your world and you will see about them and hear about them and you have to make your own choice whether you're going to follow what the Bible says or if you're going to say well whatever they say is right I'm going to do it that's where you've got to have wisdom okay what does the Bible say about it versus what does my teacher in school say about it or what does a person uh, on a TikTok video say about it? Or what does a person say um, in a stranger or somebody that's out in a crowd that's protesting something? Do you stand with those people? Be careful where that leads you. Be wise either one extreme or the other. Be very wise before you choose those things to say, I stand with this. Make sure you understand where the blessed man stands. What is it that God says to do? And that is not always the popular thing. That's what's very difficult about it. You could say, well, yeah, I, 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 I'm going to do all that. But when it comes down to it, there will be a personal choice and a time and a moment where each of you will be confronted with a Will you do this or won't you? And it will take some grit, some gumption, some guts to stand up and say, I can't stand with that. I stand with this. Okay? You'll make that choice. I can't make it for you. No one else can make it for you. It's you and you alone. It's not your parents. Okay? At some point, you're going to stand up and make your own decision. And then you go down the pathway that you're choosing. It's all your option. It's yours. Not anybody else's. You can say, well, my parents make decisions for me and they do. At some point, they won't. And as you grow older, less and less of those decisions are made by your parents. And more and more are your responsibility. And that's the idea, is make good ones. Don't make stupid decisions. Okay? Think about what you're doing because each thing has an effect, and some of them have very long-term effects. All right, the last one of the three types of ungodly people, or people who are the unblessed people, is scornful people. What does it mean when you are scornful? You, you put others down, okay? You don't like what they do and you let everybody else know. All right? That's being scornful. Now you can be scornful towards God, which is not a good thing at all, right? Be scornful towards God, which means you mock God. You say, what a bunch of terrible stuff that is. It's no good, it doesn't mean anything. That whole Christian thing, all that God stuff's not even real. He's not powerful, he's not this, he's not that. That's mocking God. Okay? You choose to make those or sit with those people as they say, I'm going to do this and I'm going to say what I want to say. Okay? Choose to do that. You can also 
sit with a group of people who mock or scorn the other people that are believers. Not just God himself. Some people, God himself. Other people say, ah, you're weak if you're a Christian. You're weak if you believe all that stuff about Jesus and all that. You can't do it on your own. So you have to have the strength to be able to, to understand and say, I stand with God. Take strength to do that, especially when there's someone that's scornful. And then there's scorn just about other people. When you have a very high opinion of yourself, you tend to be scornful. Everybody else doesn't do it as good as I do it. All right? That's an ungodly attitude to just say, eh, I'm better than them, I'm better than them. And it's not always said in those words. It's lived out in a lifestyle. Those people over there, those people over there, okay, are like that. I would never do that. It's all implied, but what's behind it is a scornful attitude of, I'm better than them. That's not godly. If there's anybody ever that's better than us, all of us as humans, it's God. And he lowered himself down to die in our place. He didn't say, oh, those terrible, awful humans. He said, I love them and I will die for them. So if God didn't scorn us, we have no right to scorn anybody else. So be aware what your attitude is, okay, towards others. So there is that. Those are the three lifestyle choices um, in the ungodly. And you can choose to live in that side or you can choose to say, I'm going to follow God. What does that mean? Verse number two. But his delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law doth he meditate day and night. Okay. The happy person, the blessed person, the person that follows God puts their head into this Bible. And it is not an easy thing to do. You create a habit in your life. What does that mean? Well, if you've ever woken up in the middle of the night because you're thinking about something, maybe you haven't. Maybe you've slept every single night of your life. Okay? Or if you've ever not been able to get to sleep because something is on your mind, it would behoove you, it would be wise of you to pick up the Bible and read something. Just a psalm, just a verse, 10 verses, 2 chapters, 100 chapters, I don't know. Oftentimes, God brings peace through that. If you seek God and you find it day and night, think about what it is God wants to say about it. Make that your choice, your lifestyle. You will find wisdom comes from that. And much more than wisdom, peace comes from that. I have had that many times where I've read, I can't, for whatever reason, wake up in the middle of the night and it's like, I can't go back to sleep. I know I'm going to be exhausted the next day. But for some reason, God is trying to get me to listen. But I, he's not going to just tell me outright. It's all here. So I've read and looked and many times found comfort in that and be able to say and before I know it, I'm back asleep because God said I want you to see something but you won't see it because your life is so busy 
So stop and listen for a moment, even if it's the middle of the night. Okay? Take those moments, and that's what it says. Meditate on it day and night. Whatever it is, that brings happiness. Let it penetrate you, the Word of God. You have opportunities to do it and listen and read like no one else. You can listen online and have it read to you. You don't even need to read it with your eyeballs. You can listen to it. Doing those things and soaking that into you will, have, will bring you wisdom in the moment you need it. If you don't put it in there, it will not be there. All right? And in the hard moment of a choice, the Holy Spirit brings up things that you have been pouring into your brain. If all you've been pouring into your brain is videos or whatever online that have nothing to do with God, then that's all that's in there. You've got to put it in, one way or another. Even if it's listening to it and letting someone read it to you online, there's entire Bibles you can listen to, and there's quite a bit you can learn from it. Okay? Uh, number th verse number three, please. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaves shall also not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Okay, so the person that is blessed or has wisdom to choose good things in his life has chosen to put God's word, because that's the big piece, one of the big differences, has chosen to do that, okay, is like a tree. The tree is large, lasts a long time, has deep roots, is able to stand, withstand storms and wind, is also typically able to withstand droughts. Even if it has to shed its leaves in the middle of a summer, and I've seen very, very dry summers where the leaves all shed in the middle of August, or even late July because it's so dry, but they're able to withstand it, and next year they put new leaves out. Okay? A tree is in for the long term, in for the long haul. They have growth over time. But a tree planted by water is able to constantly grow. It sucks out of that water. It has deep roots. It puts its well, itself down to that water source. And it's able to continue to grow. Right? That's an important part of understanding what it's like to choose to be on the blessed side. To say, I'll be wise enough to be able to withstand the storms. Reading God's Word is going to give me stability enough to walk through those hard times. If I choose right, if I am careful about what I do and how I make my choices, and how do I choose the right people to be with, if I'm careful in doing that, I will be able to be the strong person stand through the storm. And if I'm not, if I'm careless about it, I will end up in one of these places. Sit, walk, stand in the way of sinners and ungodly and scornful people. I'll end up there without God. So you have to be deliberate and careful. Now, how do we choose friends? I told you that would be the way that you do it. How do you pick the right ones? They're all mixed in everywhere you go. Everywhere you go. 
even at this church, there are people who are better friends than others. People who might be the right friends to help guide you, and some who may not. So how do you know? Quickly turn to Matthew chapter 7, but keep your fingers in that psalm. Because something was in that verse we just read. But we're going to elaborate on that. Matthew chapter 7. We're going to read verse number 16, 17, and 18. Matthew chapter 7, verse number 16, 17, and 18. This is what Jesus has to say specifically about it, and we will bring it back to how it ties into Psalms. Please, wherever we are. You shall know them by their fruits. Do many other groups of thorns and things for this In the same way, every good tree produces good fruit, but a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit. Neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Okay, this seems obvious, but it's not because that's not the way we think. If I want apples, I can't plant a thorn bush. All right? If I want grapes, I can't plant a thistle. I have to plant a grapevine. Now, doesn't that seem pretty obvious, right? Like you'd say, well, duh, right? But the spiritual application of that is this. If you are a person of God, and if you are on the blessed side, the side where you choose God, you put God's word into your life, it is the only way that you can have good fruit. Now it says in there, you'll be like a tree that planted by the rivers of water that bring forth his good fruit in his season. His leaf does not wither, and whatsoever he does will prosper. The man who chooses God, the person who says, I will follow God, I will put the word of God in my life, I'm going to make the choice personally, right? You do that, you will have different fruit. Why? Is it because you do good things? Silence. It is not because you do thing, good things. You do good things because of what happened to you. If you choose to accept Christ as your Savior, you choose to say, I'm a sinner. Forgive me, Lord. Come into my heart. Change me. If you choose to have that conversation with God, then God does that. He said, I will come in. My spirit comes into your heart and changes your nature. Without God, your nature is dead inside. In other words, you're like a thorn or a thistle. You never can grow fruit. You're not an apple tree. You're not a grapefruit tree. You can't grow fruit. But when God comes into your life, he changes your nature. And by your nature says, this is the type of tree that will produce. He puts life in you. And when he does that, you grow. How fast you grow, how much you grow, well, that's a whole other story. But you grow, and your nature is now to put out apple trees, if you're an apple tree. Okay? Apples, grapefruit, grapes. You're putting out fruit because God made you alive as that. 
He made that nature in you able to do it. So, this is how you choose friends. You watch. They can say all the things they want, but you have to carefully watch what is their fruit. Do they have any? What is their fruit? How do they act in life? Not just what they say, but do they have good things in their life? Do they have the fruit of the Spirit? Which is, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Do they show those things or not? And if they don't show those things, maybe they don't have God in them. Maybe that's not a good person to be with. And I'm willing to say that they're probably doing other things. Now, I'm not saying everybody's perfect. Not at all. But I am saying, be careful. You want the very best people you choose in your life. The best people so that they have an influence on you. So you watch for those with fruit. You watch those that are like a tree. You can look amongst our congregation and see some older folks that you can say, that's one to pay attention to. Look at those people. Pay attention to those people. Those are the people you want to be careful. You say, that person has a lifetime of fruit. They have been doing things for many, many years. Maybe they got something wisdom for me. It doesn't have to be that all your friends are all the same age as you. You can have friends all different ages, but be careful who you choose, okay? Where your counsel comes from. Be careful as you choose it. That's how you choose a good friend. All right, verse number four. Back in Psalm chapter one. The ungodly are not settled. All right, so I told you about this tree. It was solid. It lasts through the generations. It lives many, many years. The people who choose not to be are much shorter in their lifespan. It appears like a wheat field, we'll say. All right, a wheat field is big and beautiful and it grows out and it does all kinds of great things and it looks like it's so vigorous. But about the middle of July, what happens to a wheat field? gets golden and it dies. Alright? And there is one good part in that wheat field. Well, two good parts, alright? The head of the wheat is what people want. That's the most valuable part. You can get straw from the base. But they cut the head of the wheat off first. That's the, that's the reason you plant wheat. And with that head, they want the kernels inside. The kernels are actual wheat. That's what you get bread from. The rest of it, the little sheafs all around, is called chaff. It's no good. It's useless. They take those things, they get the kernels of wheat out because that's what you want, and the rest of that is chaff. And that's what happens is it says, people look like they're going to have this great life. The people that choose not to live with God, it looks like it's really going well for them. But the time will come, the season will be over, and they'll be blown away in the wind. 
seems like it's really good for a long time, but just one day it'll just brown up and die and it'll be over. And they're going to blow away in the wind and it's useless. All they do won't amount to anything. And yet, they may be the most wealthy people, they may be the most influential people, they may be the most impressive people, but if they don't have the works of God in them, the fruit of the Spirit, then they will dry up and blow away. Alright? So how do you choose those people? Pay attention to who they are. Verse number 5. What else happens to them? Verse 5 and 6, please. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteousness, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Alright, so here it is. Those people who are like chaff, who make those choices, who say, I will be scornful, I will do what I want to do, and listen to me, I'm not going to do anything with God. Alright, those people who make those choices will stand someday in judgment. So will we all. Now, anybody who has taken the Lord into their heart and said, I will accept you, I will do what you want me to do, I want you in my life, anybody who has done that, Jesus will personally say, you're forgiven, you're covered by my blood. Anybody in life who would not have God, for whatever reason, I don't want him, I don't want anything to do with him, been offered, been given opportunities, says, I don't want anything to do with him. Right? Those are the ungodly. Those people will stand in judgment before God. And God will say, all right, if you won't have me in my way, show me what your life was made of. And in that moment, nothing will stand. Their greatest wealth, their greatest influence, the greatest things they ever did to change humanity will all wither away and melt and be gone. In a moment. The greatest thing a human can do is worth nothing without God's Spirit in it. Right? Understand that. So do not choose those people from that. The righteous people will be able to stand because of Christ's blood. Not because of their perfection, but because of Christ's blood and forgiveness on them. They will be able to stand. But those people who do not have God in their life will not stand. They will be in judgment, and they will be cast away from God forever. If you will not have God in this life, then you will not have any of God in eternity. Everything that's good in this life comes from God. From the sunshine, to happiness, to laughter, to song, all the good things, the air that we breathe, nature all around us, it all comes from God. And when you say, I don't want God, you reject all that God is and does. Everything good. You keep everything that is not. There's not much good that's left. It's all bad. Fear and anger. Sin. Evil. All of those things are what you keep into eternity when you reject what God has in this life. It is not a good future. It is not the eternity you want to live in. So, choosing God says, I will cover you in the judgment. And those people who will say, God, how powerful is he? Pretty powerful. Someday he's going to stand over judgment on you. And if you didn't choose him, then you will never have him again. You cannot have him in eternity or anything that's good that comes from him. So those who will reject God will have what they asked for in this life. Right? 
be careful as you look through people around you watch for fruit pay attention to how people live not just what they say but what their life is like do they have real fruit choose your friends wisely be careful as you sift through this world and make choices what are you doing where are you going how are you going to get there be careful and watch out for those things watch for the good fruit all right thank you very much have a good day